0: Welcome to Conversations with Z and Vindesh, a weekly discussion that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. That's D H A R M A Media.com. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to Conversations. Z, we're talking about active listening. And the way you just put it, saves energy, saves time, saves conflict, helps you live longer. Sounds fantastic. All you have to do is listen. You just got to listen, pay attention to what people say, take them at their word, and you can save yourself a lot of stress. But for whatever reason, we tend to have a lot of trouble doing this. And of course, in relationships, this comes up a lot because that's where we have a lot of interpersonal communication we have two people and they might have different agendas, different views about the world. So we hear what we want to hear and we get into situations as we've been talking about offline where someone will be very clear about what they want. It's Father's Day. What would you like to do for Father's Day? Well, I want to sit around and do nothing. Okay, great. Why don't we get the kids? Why don't we go and pack up and go somewhere else and that we can have a great day at the park or we can go to Disney and you can take care of them. So that's one example. I had a similar example this Father's Day. I was told this is your day. You can do whatever you want to do. I said, great. So we're going out to brunch. And the first response I get was, oh, you're wearing that? (laughs) That's what you're wearing? Well, yeah, I thought it was my day. This is what I want to wear. No, no, you can't. You can't wear that. Maybe I have to wait till next Father's Day. So simple examples. But if it were a clearer discussion in that example, maybe it would have saved us a couple of minutes of time. In other examples, people are telling you exactly what they can do and can't do. I'm not a commitment person. I'm not willing to get married again. I've been married. I don't want to get married again. I don't want to go through that. Uh, but the partner hangs around hoping that something is going to change. I'm not very responsible. I'm flaky. And suddenly we're in business together and the person never shows up and uh, they're sitting outside smoking weed and people are pissed off because they're not holding up their end of the bargain, even though they told you they weren't reliable. Uh, We see this in negotiations, as we were talking about Z. You go and you buy cars at Subaru, and you buy Subarus because the person you deal with over there gives you exactly what you asked for. So you ask for a car with certain options and a price that you wanna pay, and you get that exact price. And you keep on going back, even though Subarus are crappy cars, but you like the experience so much, that you're willing to go back and get the Subaru. Uh, But a lot of times we just don't listen, or even if we listen to the words that are being said, we don't pay attention to what is really going on. I deal with this a lot in the corporate world where you've got, of course, companies that have to say one thing. Big companies are all about PR, they're all about image. So they have to say certain things, like we care about our employees, we care about the community, the environment, so on and so forth. And then people get disappointed when the companies don't do what they say they're going to do. So, for example, we love our employees. We reward our employees. Okay, how come you didn't pay me? Well, uh, we, we can't answer that. Oh, because it's a down year. We have to be more conservative and we have to wait until next year, or there was some big industry downturn, or some division lost money. And every year it's a different excuse for why people aren't paid, but people expect to be paid. And then they get frustrated because they're like, I'm holding up my end of the bargain. I'm going in, I'm working hard, but I don't see any more money out of it, even though the company is telling me this. And I would put that in the active listening category because yes, technically you're listening to what the institution is saying, but you're not paying attention to what the real message is. You're not learning from the repeated behaviors and the patterns that you see year after year. So if we can be more in tune with what is actually going on And listening is a primary way to do it. Maybe another way is just observing, uh, learning about how things work or how people roll based on observation. We can save ourselves a lot of grief. We know what we're getting into. We can find the right people for different situations. We don't have to waste a lot of time and energy, but it feels like it's very hard to do this. And maybe it's because we hear what we want to hear or we've got certain expectations or we're so conditioned to think that people should be doing certain things that we can't even fathom uh, someone veering off of that script. So Z, I'm going to give it to you. Break this down for us. So why is it so hard for people to listen? I mean, what happens that screws up the translation between the words that someone is saying and what we are actually hearing?
1: Well, Vin, it goes like this. So the idea of you look at two words, active, actionable, moving, doing, and then listening. To absorb and process information, and we put that together. And what that means is basically whatever you heard with clarity, you act upon it with clarity and integrity. And so that's what we mean by active listening. So we're, we and, and the reason we're listening because we want to. We want instruction. We want to know. Right? Listening. I want to hear what's going on so I can do the next thing. When we actually have active listening, that person is maybe sharing or telling with us something that we can act upon and if we have clear instructions. So if I say, I need you to walk uh, 10 meters and turn left like a GPS, it's actively listening. You go 10 meters, you make a left, you're fine. You don't go nine meters and kind of incline to the left or right. You're going to end up somewhere else. And so when we learn to do that, it reduces the stress imprint on our all all of our neural functions, our actionable functions in our body. It it doesn't introduce stress, it actually reduces stress. Um, And I think one of the challenges people have with it is because they're already going into it with stress preppers. They're ready to be stressed out or they're used to being stressed out. So something really simple like walk down, uh, walk 10 feet and turn left, that's too easy. So they are looking for conflict because the conflict adds an initial additional stress irritant and people feel more alive where they feel more active in something. It's almost like they're wanting to create more drama around something. So you go to the Father's Day thing and there were so many of these memes and it's like if anybody was watching and listening... They would really understand. And I I think we've made ourselves, when it comes to different types of relationships and things like that, far more complicated than it needs to be. Like years ago, they came out these different books, men are from Mars, women are from Venus or whatever. It complicated communication that you don't just listen to what a person is saying and say what you mean. See, there's another part, the say what you mean. So I'm actively listening and I'm going to do what you say. So you need to be aware of what you're saying so that when there's an active listener, the results of that is what you wish to be the outcome, right? So we get in situations that are really funny. Like my, my wife will say, and, and I'm going to use this as the generic universal wife. She'll say, I'm overwhelmed with things. I need help. And I'll go, let's say, I say, okay, I'm going to cook for the kids. You go sit down. So she'll come right in the kitchen and then harass me about what I'm cooking for the kids. I'm a pretty good cook. The kids like what I make. And she'll add something to it. I say, well, I thought you were tired and needed help. I can't help you if you're bothering me. So I'm going to get out of the way and let you do it your way. She said, okay, I'll do this my way. Now I'm overwhelmed. I did so much. So we see that a lot. So there's the active listening and the clear speaking has to work together. The Father's Day thing was funny because you had thousands of men commenting on, I didn't want to do anything. Or a lot of men said, I just wanted to have Good old boring partner sex. What is good old boring partner sex? Doesn't mean that it's not fun. It's you know your partner. You know what they like. Do what they like. Without a lot of stuff going on. Just walk in. Potato chips out of the bag. Let's just start munching. All right. That's like partner stuff. You know what I'm talking about, Ben. And so the guy said, "That's what they want." And I said, "No, no, we're going to go to Funland. We're going to go to Legoland with the kids. We're going to pick up the in-laws and um, the outlaws, and we're going to have a wonderful time. You're going to really enjoy it." And you know, it's basically eight hours. Father's Day is about eight hours long. So that was no fun at all. It was not a good day because no one listened. And when he made a very clear request, it was unheeded. So you got the double whammy. Not only did they not listen, but then they they took over it and decided what it would be for him. Caitlin's shaking her head. That just sounds miserable, doesn't it? You agree? Okay. So when we actively listen and we enhance our directive of communication, there inevitably is harmony. Like you said at work, people tell you who they are. I won't be coming in on Wednesdays. Hey, where's Joe? It's Wednesday. And now we're mad at Joe. But Joe was real clear. Even in his employment thing, he said he never worked on Wednesday or he had things to do. So if we can really train ourselves to be better listeners, and then that, I think, will automatically make us better directors. So we say what we mean, we hear what was said. Right away, you drop stress-producing elements of human interaction way down. You, you knock them down 50% right away. I think all of us who have opted out or listeners know that that's one of the most difficult things is being misunderstood, especially when you speak the same language at the same tempo with the same temperament and you do it even with redundancy and they still don't hear. And again, then you ask, why don't they hear? It's because oftentimes we are programmed to create drama. You follow me, Ben?
0: Yeah, that point about drama Z is interesting. And I think you're right. We are programmed. This is getting a bit off topic, but I'll just add my two cents. That living, most people aren't really here. We're not in the here and now. So we're we're always looking for something to supplement reality because we're not experiencing reality. So if you're not present, if your mind is elsewhere, you're looking for something more interesting, some high, some thrill. And that's where the drama comes in. It's this constant pattern of highs and lows. It's like the cinema playing in your head. And you're right. If you just get something that's very simple, it's almost like you short circuit. You don't know what to do with it because it's not complicated. It's very clear. There are not a lot of entanglements. It doesn't take a lot of time to sort out. So one thing could be, as you're saying, we just overlay these ordinary communications with a lot of drama. And then that can lead to misunderstanding. I've got a couple of other theories around this. So as we're talking about active listening, the components of that, as you said, are number one, we have to say what we mean. Number two, you have to hear what someone says. And if you break that down and think about the habits that we have right now, it becomes easy to understand why there's so many misfires. So first of all, saying what you mean that sounds simple enough. But as we've talked about in the past, we're in this world where everyone is afraid of offending someone else. So you want to be liked, you want to be validated. You don't want to say something that's going to get you canceled, that's going to embarrass you, that's going to signal you out. And then suddenly, uh, you're not woke enough, or you're not virtuous enough. And no one wants to hang out with you. And they slam you on social media. So Part of the problem could be with that first instruction, being clear on what you want, because we're not conditioned to be clear. We're conditioned to try and say things to appease other people, and that leads to misunderstanding. Now, if you go from there to the second part of it, which is you've got to actually hear what someone said. So let's assume someone is clear, and to your point, Z, they say, okay, I'm coming in on Wednesdays, or sorry, I'm not coming in on Wednesdays, and you're listening to this conversation, but while you're listening to the conversation, you're flipping through your phone. Or if you're not flipping through your phone, you're bored and you're wondering what you're going to do uh, for the weekend, Uh, or your mind is somewhere else and you're worried about what's happening with the economy or what's happening in Ukraine. And since we're not here and we're not paying attention, we've got so many competing forces that are vying for our attention we've lost the ability to focus. So that part of active listening where we literally have to listen and what is that listening? We have to pay attention. We have to hear the words that are coming out of someone's mouth. We have to internalize them. We have to make sense of them. That becomes very hard if the mind is always in this distracted state and we're always looking for something else to grab onto. And you can see it just with a simple experiment. If you're in an environment and you're doing something else, there could be a conversation going on right next to you. If you're reading a book or you're absorbed in writing or working, whatever you're doing, even though you can hear the noise, you're not actually hearing the words. You don't know what the content is of that conversation. And Similarly, if our mind isn't present, if we're not paying attention or we haven't trained ourselves to pay attention, uh, then we're not going to receive what someone else is saying. And then you overlay the drama on top of that. So we're not really hearing, and we're filling in the blanks, and we're filling in the blanks with all these crazy ideas. So in some ways, Z, it's surprising that anyone understands anything at all. You know, Given how we operate today, maybe we should flip the question on its head. How is it that we ever communicate, uh, given that we're not clear on what we're saying, and we're too distracted to listen to what someone else is telling us?
1: Well, again, that's why when it comes to the health aspect of this and what we hope to do always, with our DPO project here, when we do these podcasts, I hope that people leave here with tools to be healthier, to uh, promote a more uh, well trajectory in their life and by understanding the, the, the workings of our mind and the nature of our processes and, and how uh, life is mine and health is mine, it's all mine. And we wanna have better minds. And if we know that we have this challenge of being good listeners, active listeners, and um, active directors in speaking what we mean and keeping true to that as if there were some, some, some old saying, uh, uh, say what you mean and mean what you say. It's something that simple, if we could just keep that, we actually become healthier, not just ourselves, but because it reduces confusion it reduces conflicting thoughts in our mind. It, it prevents us from trashing our neural pathways. Um, and it creates general harmony in our familiar grouping and our social interaction. So we can practice active listening as a supplement to our general well-being and health. Just try it and watch what happens. Listen to somebody. and follow up on that do just what they say sometimes it gets kind of scary because people aren't clear on what they're saying but it puts the it puts the onus on them to be very clear with what you're saying it's kind of like that old story of the the genie granting three wishes and the person gets a couple of wishes and the last wish they add an emotional tinge to it right Oh, I wish everyone would shut up, right? Or whatever it is. And they find out that they make a horrible mistake. That's always been in those genie stories, right? Is that you need to say what you mean. Be mindful, as the Buddha said, of what you speak. Be thoughtful and then go with it. And so when it comes to um, the people we deal with every day, all of us just imagine if we listened to one another and followed up on that. It's not that complicated. It's not that weird. It's it's, it's that beautiful, what I call the beautiful boredom in life, being able to rely and count on something. The two greatest stressors of being human is inconsistency and abrupt changes for no real viable reason. You eliminate most of that by having manners of clear speech and clear listening. You eliminate most stress within a familiar bond or circle. So you ask a person, what do you want? And if they say it without interference And you follow up on that. Oh my God, what a wonderful world it could be. You follow me,
0: Vin? Yes, yeah, I follow you. I'm just thinking about some of the obstacles to put this into practice. For me, the active listening, like taking people at their word, seems a little bit easier. It might be tough because we've got to clear the mind to some extent. So you can't be talking to someone while you're on the cell phone looking something up on Google or texting 15 other people, which is something that's a big pet peeve of mine. Uh, and the response I get sometimes is, oh, I'm just multitasking. I'm multitasking. I'm just being more efficient. But the brain actually doesn't work that way. You can only do one thing at a time. So it really just means that you're doing two things badly. You're making mistakes, te- texting someone, and you're also not listening to what I'm saying. So one way I manage that actually from the other side is just to say, all right, let's wait for a, for a time when you're not distracted and we can have the conversation, take as long as you want, but I'm not going to talk to you right now because I know none of it is going to get through. It's just going to be a waste of time. Uh, so if you flip that around and say, from the standpoint of the listener, what can I do? We have to make sure that we've got that clear mind. We've got that intent. We've put distractions aside. Maybe we're having conversations at the right time. Uh, sometimes we have this tendency to rush through things and we're in this state of urgency and we just want to check off boxes. So it's like, okay, I got five minutes right now. Let's have this conversation. I know that you've been mad at me for the past 15 years because of an affair that I had. And this has been building up, but I've got five minutes to talk about it. And then we got to run to dinner. That's not a very productive conversation because you're going to cut things short. You're just going to piss off the other person. So make sure that you clear the mind, also clear out space so uh, that you can have these conversations and really absorb what someone else is saying, Uh, getting rid of that drama as we talked about, uh, which to me is, again, just bringing your attention back to the present, dropping ideas of what should be, dropping ideas of comparison. I think comparison becomes very dangerous. That's also a reason why we don't hear other people, and it's because we don't want to. You know, Someone tells us something, and we say, oh, why do you like that? Why do you want to do it that way? No one else does it that way. No one else wants to spend Father's Day alone. Uh, No one else wants to go and work on cars by themselves. You must be some kind of a freak. (laughs) But we've got all these preconceptions which prevent us from actually hearing. So dropping those comparisons, I think is also important. So maybe these are some exercises that we can do to clear ourselves up and be in that state where we are actually, actually listening to someone. And once we do that, the other person interprets that we're listening, they can also become more clear in their communication because they feel listened to. And so they know that you're more emotionally invested in what's going on and they're more willing to put themselves out there and have a real conversation. Now, if you flip it around, Z, and think about it from the other side, which is the standpoint of, let me be a clear communicator. Let me say what I actually want I feel like this is something that's almost been beaten out of us uh, because we're in this weird world of needing to please everyone and validating people. And it's this mentality of shoot first, ask questions later. So don't even look at the context. But if someone says something that's offensive, just take them out and hang them out to dry. It's kind of this mob mentality. And even if we're not part of that online mob, It filters through our discourse it affects the way that we present ourselves it affects what we're willing to say what kind of risks we're willing to take i'm curious what your thoughts are on that i mean some things that come to my mind understanding the boundaries just having the intelligence to know what conversations you can have with certain people uh, and maybe not making requests that you know are a waste of time so going back to your point about thinking carefully about what you say and then meaning what you say If you think about something carefully and you know that it's going to lead to some horrific fight uh, because you tell your cousin that you want him to go to a Trump rally with you, but he's actually uh, someone who's very left-leaning, then yeah, maybe that's not the best thing to do. And if we think about that, maybe we don't even have that conversation. We can save ourselves conversations that lead to conflict and go nowhere. But what what can we do beyond that, Z? I mean, how do we get out of this mode of always censoring what we're saying and having this reticence to speak our mind? I see it in people sometimes, you can almost see physically the reluctance to just come out and say what you want to say. They start stammering a little bit, stuttering a little bit, talking around the topic. You start qualifying everything. Well, hopefully this isn't going too far out there, or I hope I'm not pushing any buttons or, yeah, I want to do this, but if you don't want to, it's okay. How do we get out of that habit?
1: Well, Vin, that's, a, that's one of those human dilemmas about setting healthy boundaries and, and narrowing your social group down to the, within that particular orbit of your social group, you want to define how much you can give up of yourself. So what I have is a, a suggestion is that I have certain people around me that I don't have to ever regulate or purse my speech. Then outside of that are other people that I'm very careful about what I say to. And there's other people further out that I just avoid saying anything to altogether. So I accept my range. I know how far I can go with people in my social group. So it doesn't really cause me a lot of stress unless I feel compelled or somewhat forced to be around people I cannot have clear communication with. Yet it's just something we need to live with because that's part of the tax or toll of human commerce is that not everybody will you be around can you have truly warm, intimate conversations with or even share ideas with. There are people you can't even talk about. Let's say you have issues on Kofifi in the pandemic. There's certain people you just don't talk to about it because they have bought hook, line, and sink or whatever the government mantra is on it, and they are, they are not people you can talk to. So you're doing a kind of a, a, a ballet of avoidance with them, and that's okay. Then you have other people you can just go invent with and share whatever you want to share with, and there's another dance you do with them. And it's a real simple thing. We can't have it all in life. Um, and, and knowing that can be very comforting because you can manage around what you can get and you work around what you can't get, and it's okay. We are not going to be able to share this with everybody. That's why it's the Dispassionate Observer Project, the DPO, how to hover above it all and see where you stand and see what's going on. I love the idea of being around people that we can just talk plain and clear with. But you know that's not everybody. That's an ideal situation. But it also gives you a vantage point of being observed people's behavior and know who you can't speak up around, who you can't say things around, who you can't be honest with, who you can't be candid with. And those people stay at arm's length from you in your personal life. You see what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that, Z, because I've had that experience with that friend of mine that I introduced you to, uh, this guy that I've known for 25 years, and I think you met him two months ago, and he came out to see you a couple of times in LA, and in those two months, I've become closer to him than I ever did in 25 years, (laughs) because you're my litmus test, (laughs) because what I realized, I realized that I've always been somewhat careful, because I never knew exactly what he was cool with and what he wasn't. But as soon as he started hanging out with you, I'm like, okay, I get this, dude. <laughs> we're, we're good now. You know, I can go more open kimono.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I usually do that because I really don't have the bandwidth of energy to, uh, to, to tap dance with people that, that I may or may not like. Right? Why not surround yourself with like-minded people and people you enjoy being with? And the test for that is, can we just talk? Can you speak your mind and can I speak mine? There are people you can't speak your mind with. Have a conversation about COVID. You'll find out right away who you can talk to or not. Find and have a conversation about um, uh, the alphabet people and rainbow stuff. You'll find right away where you could go with them, how much we can talk about, how they will respond to your opinion or differing opinion. That's a good one right there. If you... Is it wrong to have a different opinion than other people? If you find there are people you can't share your opinion with, limit your scope and range of dealing with them. Um, It's not healthy. It's healthy to have people you don't share the same opinion with, but you know what you can share with them. And that's all good. We don't have to be everything to everybody. Shouldn't be. Then you no longer have individuality. Then you become part of the sheeple, part of the walking dead. That doesn't mean you're looking for endless conflict, but you're accepting the the diversity of the human mind. And that's a good diversity to support. You follow me?
0: Yeah, it's interesting talking about health uh, because I see this when you got people who are a little bit cautious at first about a certain topic, whether it's COVID or it's politics or it's health, or am I saying something that's politically correct or not? And how are these people going to respond? And you can see them pushing the envelope a little bit and then getting to the point where they know they can push further because they know they're not going to offend. They know they're with other people that they can engage with. It's like a physical release. You know, it's like you can finally exhale. Oh my God, this is so great. Even if it's not going to change anything, just to be able to talk to someone else without censoring what I'm saying, without going through all the, all of these gymnastics about how do I position something to say something in the right way and package it in a way that's not going to offend. That's where a lot of our stress comes from. Uh, so that health part of it, uh, to me is pretty amazing. See, and You've uh, remarked on that a number of times, and maybe it's because of how you roll, and as you're saying, you don't have the bandwidth to worry about who you're offending and who you're not. But the flip side of that is that you're 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 okay with a lot of different opinions. You can roll with a lot of people, and you find people who just open up and relax when they're around you. And I've seen that with friends of mine and myself as well, because uh, I, I tend to be like that, where there aren't very many things that are going to offend me. I mean, whatever you believe is is fine. You believe it, it's no problem. As long as you're not out to attack me and out to hurt me, uh, we can be cool. You can share what you want to share. And I've been in situations where similarly, you can see people just relax and they come out and sometimes after the conversation, it's like, you know, I, I really appreciate you. You're such a good friend. And the subtext behind that is that you gave me the space to just speak freely You gave me the space to open myself up and not be judged. I think that's what a lot of people are afraid of, uh, being judged. So if you can find those interactions and it does take some management as we've been talking about, you have to be a little bit careful about who you open up to and who you don't. Or you could have your Model Z, which is you just don't care who you offend and who you don't offend. Uh, But if you can find that-
1: But Vin, uh, I I wanna clarify that. You know, when we talk about cutting the cord of, of ego and desire of acceptance, it's not so much that I, I don't care, I know that I don't have power over that. You, you don't control other people's emotions or how they're gonna feel about something. And oftentimes when there's conflict, the conflict is brewing more, long before you interact with the person. The, 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 the pressure is already there, they're walking around on edge. And oftentimes they're looking for either validation or rejection. And what I've learned to do is get to the point of things and understand whatever the outcome of this is not under my control. You follow me, Van?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely follow you. And I think you're absolutely right. I mean, a lot of times it is validation. It's people looking for someone else to tell them that they're okay. And actually, this is also a good segue back to our topic of active listening. To me, there's a fallacy in listening because a lot of times when people are communicating and they say, you're not listening to me, what they really mean is that you don't agree with me, which are two totally different things. And that might be another reason why it's hard for people to communicate uh, because you are talking to someone and having a conversation and in your mind, you're saying, oh, they're not listening to me. They just don't get it. They don't get me. They're tuning me out. uh, they, They don't care about me which actually isn't true. We have to be able to draw that, that line of demarcation between someone not listening and someone just disagreeing and someone not validating you because they've got a different opinion. Not that they hate you or they've got anything against you, but they just see the world a little bit differently.
1: Yeah, and then live and let live, man. Just uh, bathe in the glory of that, that freedom. That's what real freedom is. Can you live and let live? I don't want to be around a bunch of single fans or people that just go along with everything I say. That's not stimulating, it's not uh, uplifting in any way, and it actually robs you of your own soul's integrity and it, it, it takes you off the path of self-realization. Not that you want to be around people who are contradicting or contrarians for the hell of it, but you want to be around active living human beings, not a bunch of zombies, uh, a bunch of the half dead. You want people that have things they thought, hey, everybody has a different experience every day. They're going to share something a little different than you. And that's okay as long as you have what they call like-mindedness. We're all trying to get to the same place, and we agree on that. We may speak a different way. We may do it with a different accent. But we're heading to the same place. And if you can actively listen, take full responsibility of what you say, you're always going to be harmonious. You don't have to have heated arguments with people. If your end result is that you want harmony, then harmony is not equal in balance. It's I give a little bit more. You give a little less. Now you give a little more. I give a little less. That's harmony. Really being able to ride the ebb and flow of our interactions. That's what promotes good health. You follow me then?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I follow you. And just one final thing I'll add uh, that the act of listening, it gives you a chance to be better, uh, to do things differently. Uh, As we've been talking about, you don't want to be around a bunch of sycophants. People might give you a perspective that you haven't considered. Maybe it shifts your view. It gives you a better strategy for life. I was in a conversation. I met a few producers last week and shared my project and some of the things that I'm doing. And a lot of them liked it. Uh, But one of the the more interesting conversations I had was with someone who had some feedback for me and some of it was good. Some of it was bad, but uh, I took that away and uh, uh, not that I'm making massive changes to what I'm doing, but gave me a new perspective on it, uh, how to improve it. Uh, So I think when we open ourselves up that way, and maybe that's the final part of active listening uh, that you're really Putting that barrier down. You can think of the ego as a wall, and that wall is always looking for validation. It's always looking to protect what's inside, uh, to spare it from a worldview that might conflict with the view that you have, uh, to spare it from hurt feelings. But if we can put down that barrier and consciously put it down, uh, then that makes us actually a lot stronger in the long run. It gives us more tools, a better survival strategy. Uh, We can improve the things that we're doing. We become more interesting. We have more things to share. So I think that ego, Z, is uh, pretty critical as well.
1: And I'll part, man, by saying I'll I'll share something with everybody that, that one of my great gurus, she told me, she said, when I had trouble actively listening, she said, I want you to next time you're having a conversation is to pause. When that person finishes talking, count to five under your breath before you respond. Booyah. Okay? Okay. Let's try that. And I'll talk to you in a minute, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just counted to five. Sorry for the delay. That's right. (laughs) Good. Peace. Peace. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Each five-star review helps us bring you more unique and insightful content. Learn more, at dharmamedia.com Peace.